0: And we're back with episode 16 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with co-host, Russ. And today, folks, we have our guest is um Alex Smith. Mr. Alex, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, guys. Very excited to be on your podcast. I've listened to a couple of episodes since Daniel introduced me to it. You guys are doing some great work. Just keep it up.
0: Yes, sir. Well, let's just jump right into it. Some big news came out Tuesday. Todd Modkin leaving for the Baltimore Ravens. What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, I think this, this is something that we kind of saw coming. Um, I think we knew that Monken was bound to go back to the NFL eventually. I think that's where he always wanted to be. I'm not sure that Monken loved the recruiting aspect of college football, which I think is something that is kind of pushing a lot of coaches out of the game right now. So, Yes, sir. Um, you know, he had – oh, by the way, no need for this, sir. I'm only 24, only a couple of years older than you guys. So All right. this to Alec is fine, but – you know i think we saw something similar with matt luke you guys remember him offensive line coach from a yeah, couple of years retired ago. yeah just you know at a relatively young age in terms mm-hmm. of coaching experience and uh i think yeah these college coaches are kind of getting tired of having to follow recruits on twitter and you know make sure they're getting giving attention to certain guys and it's a lot it's a lot on the plate of these college coaches
0: yeah i think you know he's the money's not an issue for him. He was the highest paid coach, assistant coach in college football. I just think, you know, he's his main goal was to get back to the NFL and that's more he wasn't gonna become a head coach anywhere. That wasn't what he wanted to do. But I mean I'm glad I'm glad he got a bigger job somewhere. What do you think about the hire of Mike Bobo?
1: I I personally love it. I know that it's been quite controversial and people keep on going back to Bobo's tenure at Georgia from 2007 to 2014, and then they draw from his time at Colorado State or South Carolina or Auburn or whatever. But, guys, name another college right now that has three coaches in the coordinator positions and head coach that all played for their alma mater. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. Kirby... Uh, Mike Bobo and Muschamp were all on that 1994 Georgia football team. I mean, that's special right there in terms of recruiting. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing: Mike Bobo has never had talent like he does right now. Yes, sir. And people are going to say, "Oh, well, what about Matthew Stafford? What about uh, DJ Shockley at the end of his career? What about Aaron Murray?" No doubt, he had great skills positions, but the offensive line is the difference between a Mark Rick team and a Kirby Smart team.
0: Yes, sir. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people, it's been controversial in the fan base, but, I mean, he was putting up, that offense was putting up serious numbers under him. First, I mean, Aaron Murray set the SEC passing record in yards and touchdowns under Mike Bobo, and a lot of people forget that, and they had – not near as much NFL talent on that roster in general compared to what they do now.
1: And also, those teams that Bobo was coaching then, they had to score 35 or 40 points a game to win. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you have one of the best defensive minds in all of football leading your program, you know, so you only, really, to truly win games, you need to score 20 to 30 points, and that was just not something that he had before.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Another thing is bobo got to experience uh, todd Monkin's system for a whole year so there's not going to be a whole lot of new install for whoever the quarterback may be coming up in the fall i feel like it'll be a very similar scheme to what monken ran the past two years and again you know i just i give all the support and love to todd monken he won georgia back-to-back national championships you know So you can't Mm -hmm. be upset with the guy. He can go do whatever he wants now because we have two rings because of him.
2: Yeah. um, So we want to ask – we normally ask pretty much everybody who's been on the show, you know, in this offseason. What do you think about the uh, quarterback uh, decision?
1: Well, guys, right now I would put my money on Carson Beck, but – I think that it is a bit more of an open quarterback race than a lot of people think it is. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people think that Carson Beck had been locked up. Another thing is that Gunner Stockton has a very good relationship with Mike Bobo. Gunner Stockton was coached by Mike Bobo's father, George Bobo at uh, Raven County. And so he has a great relationship with the Bobo family. And I know that Mike loves Gunner Stockton. Gunner. I've heard is one of the hardest workers on the team you know, is putting an extra effort in the weight room, uh, film room, what have you. And I also think that Gunnar Stockton brings a little bit of, I guess, the best aspects of Carson Beck's game and Brock Vandegrift's game, where I feel like Carson Beck is more of a pure passer, Brock Vandegrift is not a pure rusher, but that is his strong suit. And Gunnar Stockton has a good blend of those. Now if gunner stockton had carson beck's frame in terms of height really i don't think this would be a conversation at all i think that gunner stockton would be the dude i think that carson beck's frame and experience are the only things that are keeping him in the front runner right now
0: well i think do i uh, do you think the hire of mike bobo has any effect on this race
1: i think it definitely does and again to go back to that relationship he has with gunner stockton and uh it, it all comes down to mike bobo's preference you know if he now has free reign of the offense i think that a lot of people also have the misconception that kirby medals in the offense and i don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily true i think that kirby smart knows his strengths and that he hires people that complement his strengths and so it's really going to be dependent on what bobo wants to do on offense this year
2: mm-hmm. Well, Alec, do you uh, do you follow recruiting at all?
1: I follow pretty closely.
2: Um, so what do you think about the situation with Dylan Rayola? you think that Georgia will get him or Todd Monkin leaving uh, puts Georgia out of the race?
1: So this is something, or leaving is something that was proposed to Rayola uh, probably a month or so ago. And again, we talk about Bobo's connections with recruiting. He does what monken did not want to do which is he recruits like nobody's business he knows high school coaches all over the state of georgia he has great relationships he's the lead recruiter on a ton of high level prospects when he was at georgia and guys i don't want to say he gives us a better chance with rayola because obviously losing monken is a huge loss but i would not look or i would not think that this recruiting staff skips a beat uh, missing Todd Munkin in terms of Dylan Rayola
0: well I think because because Kirby said he wants to take two quarterbacks in this 2024 class and I think I really like Ryan Puglisi I don't know if that's how you say his name I really like him and I'd love to get Rayola too but what's your preference because they've offered three
1: right now I've watched film on Puglisi and I've watched film on Rayola and Rayola is my preference. I mean, there's a reason why this guy is rated number one overall quarterback. He's, I think about six three, two twenty, 20. And has the traits that skip out to me is his game kind of looks like Bryce young, where he just escapes the pocket. He's constantly making plays. I mean, he is an absolute stud and that's no knock to Puglisi. Cause I mean, I think that he's a very talented quarterback too. And, I, I agree with you guys i do think that we are for sure taking two quarterbacks in this class regardless of who it is
0: what's your opinion on jake merklinger the third guy
1: and so i don't know a whole lot about merklinger i mean i know he's from savannah and that he is maybe the number 11 quarterback in this class
0: i think he's 10 he's 10 or
1: the, or the 10th overall quarterback so When you have the 10th overall quarterback in the nation as your backup plan, that kind of says something about where this program is at right now. And so don't take this and run with it. But to my understanding, Merklinger's offer is non-committable unless we lose Rayola or lose Muglisi. Mm. So something to keep an eye on there.
0: Well, another question for you. In this 2023 class, what are some guys you see making an immediate impact?
1: From what I've been reading for uh, the guys in the early enrollees practice, I'll just kind of stick to those guys since, you know, we've gotten a little taste of them in uh, bowl practice and whatnot. One for the defensive side of the ball is Samuel Mpemba, Mm -hmm. who's been really showing out. I mean, he's got a prototypical... uh, You know, we're losing a lot of guys there and losing a lot of experience with Nolan Smith and Robert Beal. So I would look for Mpemba to make a pretty... Immediate impact on the defensive side of the ball, and then on offense, I'm hearing phenomenal things about incoming freshman Tyler Williams. He's a receiver, and Mm -hmm. he's the words that I've heard are Pickens light. So, be looking out for that name when it comes to spring ball and G day.
0: Yes, sir. Well, I think two a couple guys that stick out to me. I think the guy's name is Monroe Freeling. He's an offensive tackle.
1: Oh yeah, there he's. playing time at tackle as well
0: because uh, i saw this stat the other day kirby smart only three offensive linemen hadn't red haven't redshirted under him and i think he's going to be a guy that won't have the chance to redshirt i think he could he'll definitely see the field some i don't know if he'll start or not but he's he's one of those guys
1: Well, one thing that I love about Kirby Smart and his offensive line recruitment is he's very good at recruiting versatile guys. So, you know, we can see Amarius Mims come in and play at guard and not skip a beat. I feel like Freeling is one of those dudes where he's a plug-and-play type player. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100% that he will uh, see his name called pretty early.
2: Well, we've talked a lot about uh, offense. Um, Another question is, how do you think Georgia's defense will perform next year?
1: This is a bold statement, but you know it's Thursday night. Let's throw out some hot takes. <laughs> this twenty twenty three defense could be better than the twenty twenty one defense.
0: I one hundred percent agree.
1: What do you guys think about that?
0: I've been waiting. I've been waiting for somebody to come out and say it. I think this defense is super talented. I don't think. I think they get stronger on the back end. Obviously you lose Chris Smith and Keely Ringo who's Chris Smith's an all American safety. But I think up front this defense has so many options with I'm just excited to see guys like Barry Alexander, Michael Marvin Jones Jr. hoping his surgery goes well. You keep Jamon Dumas Johnson. You still have Jalen Walker who saw the field more at the end of the year. He was a he's a guy that I'm really excited to see. You mentioned Samuel and Pimba, uh, Raylan Wilson. There's so many guys on that front. I think that front's going to be scary.
1: And this is just another testament to Kirby Smart's recruiting. And, you know, uh, opponents fans are sitting there saying, how is their defense so daggum good year after year? It's because Kirby stacks talent at every position, whether it's an immediate need or not. The secondary recruiting the past two years has been absolutely off the charts. I'm hearing some buzz about Jaheim Singletary, possibly, again, possibly Mm -hmm. removing his name from the transfer portal and returning to Georgia. Kind of a similar situation as uh, Marius Mims. And so, I mean, you are bringing back some experience in the back end. You're going to have Kamari Lassiter, Dalen Everett, and Javon Bullard. is probably going to be your three corners next year. Then you're going to have Malachi Starks. And, you know, we got a whole lot of options at strong safety. And then, like you said, I mean, the front seven is absolutely loaded. And then going back to what you said about uh, Dumas Johnson, I mean, JDJ could be one of the best off-ball linebackers in college football next year. We're talking about our next uh, Roquan Smith, N'Kobe Dean-type player, Buckus award-winning potential.
0: I think the guy on that front that's going to make the biggest stride will be Michael Williams. I just think – I've read a lot about him the past couple weeks, and he's going to be a guy – that if they can find an edge rusher to match him on the other side to where you can kind of take that double team away from him, he's going to be an issue for any team, any offensive line, regardless of who's lined up across from an offensive tackle.
1: And, you know, as good as Georgia's defenses have been the past couple of years, the sack numbers have not quite been there. The pressure numbers are up. Georgia still pressures the quarterback almost like anybody else in the country, but you don't see the sack numbers, and I would expect that to change this upcoming year. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw out a prediction that Michael Williams gets pretty close to double digit sacks because I mean I think he is a freak of nature.
0: There, have you seen that? I'm sure you have the clip of him pushing Paris Johnson on the ground and then sacking C.J. Stroud.
1: He's a monster, man. That, Michael will be a first round draft pick. In a that's couple a true years.
0: freshman. And, that's, and that Paris Johnson's the number one tackle on the board right now. That's oh, yeah. not a no-name guy.
1: I remember Paris Johnson's recruitment. I really wanted him to come to Georgia because, I mean, he's an exceptional talent at tackle. And Mike williams again, a true freshman, just bullied him. <laughs>
2: that's great. I've got one more question. Um, so, obviously, the offense coordinator change happened. Uh, what is the role for – uh Brock Bowers do you think it's do you think they include him more in the offensive scheme or less
1: I would say about the same because I think it's going to be a very very similar scheme to what we saw with Monken last year I don't think that Bobo's going to change a whole lot now of course he'll probably put his own little uh twists and stuff on there and you know we might see a little more running the ball than we saw with Monken. But with Brock Bowers, that dude doesn't play tight ends. He doesn't play receiver. Brock Bowers plays offense. I mean, you you get that guy the ball however you can. And Mike Bobo, he's a very smart coach. He's been doing this for a long time. When you have a player like that, he's going to be utilized.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Alec. We really enjoyed it.
1: it yeah, man, I appreciate you all having me on. Um, send me a link to the podcast. I'll uh, blast it out to all my Georgia Bulldog guys and – Keep up the good
0: work, fellas. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That'll be it for today's episode of Dog Football Weekly. We'll be back Monday, Russ, maybe? Yeah. About Monday.